Dan, welcome to the Granite Zero podcast. Thank you for giving me your time. We eventually got here. No worries. It's a pleasure. You know, um, I'm looking forward to speaking with you. And um, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Yeah, it's been a it's been um a while chatting with you, trying to get you on. But obviously, during the sort of end of October, November, that's sort of your busiest time, isn't it? With all your uh... Uh, November is, you know. With... What's, what I do with the uh, charity British Legion and that, um, you know, the Poppy Appeal, it's yeah. flat out all month from sort of ox- end of October um, all through November. Um, but yeah, I've got quite quite a patch now, so you know, I can get yeah, some yeah. <laughs> of people in there. That's always the way, isn't it? That you're always like flat out for certain points and periods of, of, of time, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, now, yeah, now yeah. what? Now, it's all, what? all at once, isn't it? You know. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So what I want to do is, to start with, I just want to go way back in time. What sort of guided you to join the army in the first place? Uh, well, to be honest, I think from the age of 14, um, I, was, I was still at school. Um, and my dad was always a military sort of background person. He never, he never was in the military, um, but he was he collected like action men, soldiers and stuff. Oh, and got you. Yeah. I think I just sort of grew into it as well. And I was like, oh, do you know what? I want to do that um, or do something within the, in the armed forces. And so when I left school, pretty much 16, I went straight into the careers office and said, look, you know, I want to be an infantryman. Well, guide me. And I ended up joining the uh, Grenadier Guards from 16 years old. Fuck it up. You're not like the first person I've had on here that's joined up that early. Like 16 yeah. is mad when you think about it. Uh, it's young. I mean, you can't. Your actual service doesn't start until you're 18. Um, so you actually. Well, yeah, yeah. That's what they say in it. You you have a couple yeah. of years for the Queen, don't you? Yeah. yeah. But it was worth it. You know, I, I went to the uh, Army Foundation College in Harrogate. I did my, you know, numerous of like key skills, computer skills, not just soldiering, but you do basically like another uh, education course uh, mm. just to boost just to boost your sort of you know. When you get ready to go into the army at eighteen, it gives you a bit of a head start yeah, with promotion, promotion and going at the ranks. Um, but you do your basic training, you're getting paid for it, and then you you join up when you're when you're eighteen. So that's when your service starts. Um, and then I went on to do eight, eight years. Then that's fair enough. To be fair, I, I've I've always said any sort of fucking term of service is, you know, you've still signed yeah. up, you still did your little bit. Um, like I, I did five and a half years, um, yeah. and the rotation that we had during my time with, uh, especially with, I know we get a lot of shit, but especially with the REF regiment because we're so short, um, or, or not short, I'm short, because um, <laughs> the unit is quite a small unit, and because of the job role that we did, it was a basically a constant turnaround of going on tour home. You have a couple of weeks pre-deployment on tour. In five and a half years, I did three tours, and I was like, "Fucking hell!" Like, it's it's madness. Just like madness. a flash. Yeah, definitely. So, here's so, a question: because obviously you're a guardsman, you, you obviously drill being your forte. Did you like a bit of fucking marchy marchy? I, I didn't mind it to be honest. You know, you do it. You have to do it for the first two years anyway. Yeah, yeah. In, the, in any any guard regiment, um, so that's you do your ceremonial duties around London. So you're doing your Buckingham Palaces, your Windsor Castles, you know, you do your two years of that and then you actually go on to join your battalion, which is operational. So for me, 
I was straight into Afghanistan, 2007, from being in um, Noel Megan Company, which is Grenadier Guards. Yeah, so going yeah. from, so I literally went from ceremonial straight into military operational, you know, roles. It was completely different. Yeah, you know, I bet it was. <laughs> 18 years old as well. You know, it's just it's all fresh, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I'd, I'd go back in and do it again. Um, and luckily, I was discharged medically due to my hearing problems, hearing loss. Yeah, I've been out. 11 years now yeah to be fair i've been out well i i, I came out 2013 and that yeah. like even even looking back through a few photos on instagram and facebook it, all, all the memories come flooding straight back you're like Fuck, I'd, I'd love to go back out there like yeah it was, e- it was easy times then weren't it hard times oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 it's it's like i've said uh, quite a few times amongst all the chaos i've never been so peaceful like mm barely on my phone unless unless we got back to to camp you could send a, an email or make a phone call or whatever but when you're out on the ground for a couple of days at a time if if not a bit longer you know mm-hmm. you, you don't have the luxuries of that you just fucking crack on and ju- and just be chilled listen to the radio listen to your fucking music or whatever you know so you know what you're doing yeah you know what you're doing you just you're getting you're paid, just getting paid to listen you just do your job yeah. um you know, you got your roof over your head, all your bills are covered. So it was, it was yeah. easy time. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, I mean? definitely, definitely. But it's fucking mad when you think about it. Um, like, the lads that are now joining up don't really understand, like, the, the rotation of getting ready to go on tour. Because obviously yeah. they're, not, they're not really in that at the minute. I'm guessing there's still people dotted about in certain places that can't mm. talk about that sort of stuff. But, you yeah. know, for, for us, it was like... You've passed basic training. Stand by. You're you're getting ready to go. Apart from yourself, because yeah. you were just a, a mere boy when you joined. But <laughs> what, what year did you join? Was, uh, was you... Two thousand eight. I joined. So yeah, just after. Yeah, so we, we were we pretty much joined at the times when the Afghan wars were in full swing, weren't we? You know, so yeah, we knew we knew where we was going, and we was going to go there more than once. You know, if you obviously come back and did it again. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was quite lucky that. My my squadron uh, was the squadron that closed down Iraq. So yeah. I, I got a bit of a buckshe fucking Iraq medal for that. Where, <laughs> if I'm honest, I ship I did ship my pants, and the first fucking rocket attack came in. I, I can't I can't deny that I didn't, but I'm sure most people did when the first one came in. But yeah, I think everyone did. It's natural to you know. Yeah, film. but yeah. but after that, it was it was like it was like a fucking lads' holiday. It was. Yes, we went out on patrol, and yes, there was a threat there. But you know, it became the norm, didn't it? You know, you, yeah. after one, each day was you knew you knew it was going to expect whether it was bullets, missiles, IEDs. It's mm. just it's getting in that mindset, and you got to deal with it. You it's strange. It. It's strange though, because you talk to a civvy, and yeah. I've said it to my missus um, a few times, even when I was going through my sort of therapy uh, stage. Um, she was like, "You talk, you talk about it as though it's normal to have rockets and to be yeah. checking for IEDs." And I was like, "But it was for us." Yeah. Like, yes, every day we'd go out with that heightened sense of um, awareness, which yes, which is probably why predominantly most people come back with some sort of stress mm-hmm. disorder, whether it is post traumatic or not. But there will yeah. be some sort of stress disorder. Because you're constantly switched on, you can't switch off. As soon as you switch off, something happens. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah, I so, think everyone suffers in some way that went. Obviously, yeah, yeah. We're not normal, on, as I've always on, said. 
in an operational environment, you experience, experience trauma no matter where you go. Mm. So it's going to be stuck in your minds even when you come back. Yeah, and I'm a, I think I'm a bit of a big believer of with the PTSD sort of stuff. I think everyone has it, but it's just whether it gets triggered and where, yeah, yeah. Over, over which time it gets triggered. Yeah, you know, I, think, some... I think you're right there. I think you're right. And for, for me, my, my trigger was when I left and I, I lost all my, all, all my mates, basically. Yeah. And then it was the depression then sort of sat in. And when depression sat in, it was like, ha, ha, guess what I've got for you? Enjoy this one. It's like, oh, cheers. Cheers for that. But, you know, <laughs> I, I found going on the little white tablets was beneficial for the first couple of months but then it was i was just a numb i was numb and it was horrible so yeah. it was what what can i do to improve myself without yeah. being reliant on little tablets and you know you'll probably ag ag agree to this majorly and that was uh fizz basically yeah exercise is the key thing being outdoors as well i think it's a, ma yeah. a massive effect um, yeah. Walking, biking, running. I mean, I run. I haven't done for a few weeks, but oh, uh, we'll get we'll get onto your running in a minute. You're bad. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. That's my sort of therapy for myself, and it, it helps me. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's just a five minute walk or you know a forty minute run, um, but yeah, you know it's it's a massive key, and a lot of people taking it up who I know on you know through social media, and it helps them. Yeah, definitely, and I think. You know, it's it's that old saying, isn't it? Fucking healthy, healthy body, healthy mind. And I agree. Like that, my my depression was at its lowest when I was properly thrashing myself in the gym, yeah. or or when I had a goal to get to. Like my, uh, I did a charity boxing match. You know, I did yeah. a Spartan race, organising the football match. I'm doing another one, but having a goal helps me. Like because because <laughs> I'm a fat lazy bastard most of the time. If someone goes, you fancy going for a run? I'm like, fuck off. I ain't going for a run. Do you fancy going to the gym? Well, I could. But, you know, I'm one of those people that needs that sort of end goal, you know. And unfortunately, in my own twisted little head, it's not just to make sure that my depression doesn't fucking flare up or anything like that. That yeah. should be my goal. But, yeah. you know, I'm that... I'm not going to lie, I'm still that same person that will go, oh, I'll just mong out on the sofa and play FIFA for a bit longer. You know what I mean? It's easy done, though, isn't it? You know, it's oh, easy yeah. to fall that yeah. sort of Comforts, mate. Yeah. Comfort. But it's having the motivation and, you know, the discipline to do it. And you're always going to feel better afterwards as well. Oh, definitely. Which sort of, like, eases into the to the big thing, obviously. So you, you ran, was it 156? I haven't even done it yet. Oh, it's not been done yet? Ah, oh, fucking hell. I thought you'd done it. But still, um, that's still a mad thing, though. I'm on the the next March 23, yeah. So next so, year? March 23. Well, I missed out this year because of, uh, I think there's some sort of norovirus in the... Oh, right, got the, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they go ahead, but a lot of people sort yeah. of pulled out. Pulled um, out. Sitting then some diarrhoea. Yeah, then the lockdown and COVID. Fucking hell. But still, but still, yeah. so... so when, when were you supposed to do it? Uh, March 2020. So, so like, almost, so it'll be three years worth of training for this, this event. Yeah. But, but of the, train, the training, I haven't really, oh, this year I haven't done much I, training. I was going to say, how, how do you sort of acclimatise to that sort of training? Because obviously there's running marathons. Yeah, I mean. There's running and then there's the running in the Sahara Desert. 
I did before COVID happened and lockdown. So I did go to Portugal on yeah. on the other. I did some training there for you know four days, just to get the sort of feel of the terrain and you know the yeah. heat. And then come March, well February, weren't I think the first? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it was like oh, so my training was on hold, and then I, we thought it was going to be picked back up sort of September that year, but we were still in lockdown, still with COVID. And then it postponed again. So it's just been from there, really. And I think March 23, I'm on I'm on the list, I, I, I presume. Oh, that's anyway. good. That's good. Well, you like to think so, if you've had to wait that long. Well, I'll add a charity space. So I was doing it for the Royal British Legion. Yeah. I've raised all the funds and the awareness and that support. So my charity place remains for three years, I believe. So I've I'll, got I'll be... I've got Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be just on the three-year point, won't it? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. so, but I'll start my training again from yeah January onwards. Get three months in, but I was doing ultra marathons, marathons. I was doing something every weekend of, of a long run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, when, so yeah. When, when you say a long run, now like five miles oh. is a long run for me. <laughs> I'm nowhere near that now. It takes a lot of training to get there. But I was peaking about a year, year and a half ago, probably. A half marathon, I'd be doing two, three times, well, say twice a week, and then I'd be doing a marathon on a weekend. Um, and as then... you do, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes normal, you know, you think, oh, because you... Yeah, of course, well, I, get, I guess it does. I guess it sort of becomes the norm, doesn't it? Yeah, you're getting fitter and fitter. You, your body feels good, you feel good, so you yeah. go for whatever. Um, but, yeah, I was. I mean, I've done ultramarathons, Snowdonia, uh, Peak District and stuff, and... But at the minute, I haven't done much, so I'm, it's yeah, going to yeah. be a shock. So, it's going to so be a shock when we're back into it, it. This isn't your first sort of big event then for RBL? No, I've done a few. You have the sort of, you yeah, know, yeah. what, five, five that, years? Is uh, the Legion always been sort of your charity of choice? Yeah. yeah. Well, they helped me out when I, when I was discharged from the Army. They helped me out. Um, oh. So it's, it's only sort of fair to yeah, yeah, I agree, yeah. return the favour, if I put it like that, and raise... Awareness funds um, and get they do a lot of work each year. So especially with the veterans. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realise sort of the work that they do because obviously you got some larger military charities are all about yeah. the profits that yeah. they get and their CEOs and whatnot. And yeah, well, I've, I've, I've come across this sort of area, you know, especially last year, you know, like the Legion. Um, was sitting on a lot of you know profits mm. and stuff, not really, yeah. not really what they should, and but it's it's nonsense. They do. Like, are they, I think they even sort of help the the tiny charities out as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Them support um, from what I'm hearing, and yeah, they'll always be there. And if you need the help, they'll they're on the end of the phone. Yeah, exactly. Um, I had a few run-ins with a with a couple of charities when I was starting up the podcast, yeah. and I was like, look, this is basically my therapy. I can also potentially help others by having them on chatting and, and things like that yeah you know, as like any chance of a little bit of support um whether it's a bit of a sponsorship for the podcast or or you guys come in see what i'm doing see how it's helped me like etc etc and then yeah i basically got told i will send you a caseworker and that was about four years ago now i'm still waiting <laughs> I won't. I won't name them. I won't name and shame. But one of them, bearing in mind, so I'll give a clue. So one of them, bearing in mind, I am in the air force, 
was mm. was an Air Force charity. Um, yeah, yeah. And, I think I, I think I know. <laughs> I, I've, I, I've had I've had dealings with uh with them before. Um, not through myself, through uh, my uncle who passed away a fair, 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 fair few years ago. But mm. they they helped out amazingly. So I'm like sort of torn. I'm like ah. You fucked me over, but yeah, you've helped me. It's like fuck take, but it's it's, it's crazy though because you can't knock it because they they put in a lot of work in. Yeah, and I can guarantee they haven't got the number of staff that most people think that they've got and things like that, mm-hmm. and especially with veterans. Veterans are f- we're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, not and, just us. We got the older ones as well. You know, they're still hanging around. Yeah, there's still a few hanging around. Yeah, still exactly. they, they still need the support. Um, whether it's in like care homes, um, you've got the Chelsea pensioners. They yeah. they they get help from through the Bridge uh, Legion as well. Yeah, I love so, I love the pensioners. Yeah, they're, they're great. They're brilliant. <laughs> yeah, here's one for you then. So, how, how was the festival of remembrance? Because obviously, you, you do you go every year, or is it just I, last year? I've been going the last five. I've been going the last five or six years, um, just to sort of watch. But yeah, I was invited along this year to be part of the Queen's tribute. Oh yeah, I did. Uh, I did see you on the telly. I was like, oh, it was, it was there's quite. A a, there's a guest. <laughs> <laughs> it was an honour to be on there. You know, it's, yeah, it's cool. not something you're going to do. Well, I'm not going to do it again. But to be in that sort of environment at the time, you've got the royal family watching you. Packs out. I don't know if you have you ever been to the royal. Album? I, I haven't. No, no, I haven't. The you go inside. It's an amazing place just to look at. Just look yeah, at yeah. the ceiling. It's like wow, you know. But yeah, it was an honour to be part of that, and um, I don't think I'll be on it again. But I'll be, I'll watch every year. Yeah, yeah. I, de- I definitely. Well, I always watch it. Uh, I always find sort of November time, especially mm. around Remembrance. That that's as morbid as it sounds. It's my favourite time of year. Yeah. It's, it's the it's that time of year where I can feel my most proud again. Like yeah. the medals come out, they get polished up nice. Mm-hmm. I go. I, Go up and meet me, old man. Like this year, yeah. we went we went out in Hereford, and I'm from from Hereford, but I went out in Hereford for the first time for remembrance. Yeah, Jesus Christ, the amount of fucking chests I saw, I was like, what the fuck? I must have <laughs> I, I must have counted five military crosses. I swear down. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, there's a lot seemed- of sandy berets about. Put it that way. <laughs> I've noticed as well. Um, I think more veterans are sort of. Becoming more part of things like this. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, think, I think you're right. The march past in London and stuff. They want to be involved involved more now than they did probably ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot of pride that I've seen. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah. you know that that's one of the big things that I think a lot of veterans lose is that mm-hmm. sense of belonging, that that pride that they once had. Yeah. And they, and and they get to do it. Yeah, and it's coming together. And if you can meet up with some old pals you serve with, you know. I, I usually do every year. Yeah, yeah. Familiar faces and stuff. It's good, you know. You keep in touch. Um, there's always some that you you lose to, in, lose, you know, in touch with. And um, there's a few lads I don't speak to now, which I was very close to, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you just get the ones that don't want to be involved, and they rather just forget about it. And that's probably their own way to sort of cope, I, I suppose. You know. Yeah, yeah. So it is a is a sort of a question because obviously. You're you're now incident free, as you said. Yes. Um, before we hit record, so how did you how did you first discover that you had diabetes? 
I collapsed at work. <laughs> it just collapsed. Fuck. Yeah. So I didn't really know much about diabetes. Mm. I mean, there's. If I'm honest, I. I, I did a uh, sports science at, at school, but they sort of semi-taught it. But that's all. I know it's down to a lack of. Um... There's two types, so they got to remember. There's the, the unlucky type I call it, which is type one. You yeah. can get that any age. You don't have to be. You, you know, people think, oh, you've you're overweight, you got sugar, and you don't. It's a type one's an autoimmune disease. You know, you're just unlucky to get it, and you have to inject insulin for the rest of your life. You know, yeah. to live. Type two. You know, the only way I can put it is self-inflicted. That's the one where you have got bad diet, yeah, yeah, yeah. do eat drunk, and you normally get it sort of 30 upwards, you know, into your 40s. And you normally manage that with tablets, but you can manage it with insulin injections, depending, you know, which how severe it is. But yeah, I had all the symptoms of type 1. I was, I was you know, blurry vision, tiredness, uh, fatigue. Uh, I was urinating a lot, which I didn't even have a clue at the time. I just thought... Um, you know, I've just come out of the forces. Maybe I'm just experienced yeah, yeah. of you know nausea and stuff. But no, I had type one. I was in hospital for a week on a drip. Jesus Christ! The next seven wow. years, I was injecting four times a day. Yeah. Wow. Did you did you have to wear one of those little patch things that they? I've seen them dotted about nowadays. I, was well, that, I, was that a new thing? It's only come in sort of the last few years. So uh, people have the patches on their arms now, which yeah, yeah. Sort of, read their blood sugar and um, it can be connected to your phone and you can check it on your phone and stuff. But when I, well, I mean, when I was uh, yeah, checking my sugar, I had to prick my finger, um, which I don't think they do now unless you want it. Like I yeah. said, it's does that, on your arm. Does that fucking kill the feeling in your fucking finger after a while? It, it did, yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, but Man. luckily, you know, they don't, they've you know, progressed the uh, technology. You don't have to do that. You can just do it all on on an arm and your on your phone, and you can just look at your phone and read your uh, blood sugar reading. Yeah, like a fair play, fair play. I, I'm not the biggest fan of needles, so I can't. I couldn't even think like, oh, I've got to stab myself with a fucking needle every day. But yeah, that you got no choice. You know, you've got to, <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> but there is new things happening. You know, there's breakthroughs happening and. Medical is getting better, so they I think they're coming up with stuff which won't cure it, but will manage it better. You know, with probably without injections. I'm, I'm thinking more yeah. of a maybe like a pill or a uh, implant in the arm, which will release you know insulin. Yeah, so, yeah. it's got. There's got to be something. There's got to be something yeah. better than sticking yourself in your ass. Yeah, <laughs> with a needle day in and day out. But yeah, it's it's crazy, and it how the 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 body sort of works and and, yeah. in, and in turn fixes itself. Yeah. Well, that's uh, one for me, you know. So back in 2016, so this was six years ago, um, yeah. the opposite happened to me. So I was actually getting hype. You know what hypo is? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. So your blood sugar drops. So that was happening to me over a course of three or four weeks, too frequently. And uh, I was waking up in the night, sweating and needing sugar, which is dangerous, you know, I could have gone into coma at one point. Mm -hmm. Fuck. So for me, yeah, I was told over a course of a few months, I was told to reduce my insulin. And then over another six months, I think by the eighth month point, I was completely off it. Didn't need any. And they were baffled. So that's when I, I was sent to the States for different tests, uh, different research. And then, yeah, it's still, it's still ongoing. They don't know why 
They just don't know. I don't know. I keep getting... That's, that's mad. <laughs> I, get, I get theories and, like, you know, people say, oh, a doctor's saying, oh, well, you could, you could have been misdiagnosed or you could have had the other type. But when I was injecting for four times a day, seven years, I don't think that's, you know, that's the case. I think oh, it's just... No. Yeah. I believe... some. I mean, I believe it's just sort of recharge itself and it's producing insulin again and it's just taken over course of a few years to come back to where it should be yeah it's as though it's sort of fixed itself yeah yeah that's why i put it, put it down to i mean it might not be but i think that's my belief your your uh patient zero they're gonna start fucking ripping you <laughs> apart and <laughs> they need someone else so they can... <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're, they're gonna start taking bits of you and then they're gonna go right we've now got the cure for fucking type <laughs> one fucking patient um... zero <laughs> There could be more out there, but, you know, I, I, I don't know any that's recorded at the minute. Um, I know people have tried and lasted a couple of months maybe, but not like, you know, completely. Not like you, yeah. That's <laughs> mad. That's, it is mad when you think about it. You're like, oh, hang on. I'm I'm the, I'm the only one. You're fucking Highlander. There can only, <laughs> they can, they can only be one. <laughs> but, I mean, I've, I've done, like, videos and stuff like this in the past about it. And yeah. It's, you're always going to get positive and negative, you know, comments and answers for it, but they don't know. But at the end of the day, still, scientists yeah. don't know, doctors don't know, and all these conspiracies, you know, they put their own, you know, what they, what they think anyway. But yeah, yeah, it's still ongoing. I still have tests every sort of six, eight months, and how, it's, you know, it's normal. How can, how can anyone be negative about that? I think it's down to the medicine. Well, pe well people obviously always do. That will always find something negative to find about it. You, get people, yeah. you, you get people think, oh, well, you must have done something, you must have not had it. And it's to yeah. I think it's down to like the medicine world. So, like, you know, the instant where it's produced, maybe one day they won't need it. It might be a cure where people don't, don't need yeah. as much as they do, you know. But I don't know, you know, just ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> they even go, you even get haters on fucking comic books, don't you? It's like where well, he's a fucking superhero, and then you see him slagging them off because they're superheroes. Yeah. It's like fucking hell. I get a lot of I get a lot of remarks on Instagram, you know, with a book which is is coming out soon. Um, yeah, yeah, it was tough going to do that, and I was in two minds whether to do it, you know, because yeah. of the you know the feedback I might get. But I'll just put it out there in my sort of words and how my yeah. journey went and ended and. I know, I know exactly how you feel. So, so you, you know, you just have to ignore them. Yeah, it's, I, it's I, I, I released my book and I had people telling me that I was making up stories that def they fucking happened. Like, and yeah. if I was going to make it up, I would have made it sound a lot cooler than it was, put it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had people saying that I was making up stories that weren't even on that tour. Uh, I had people saying I was making up stories that weren't even on that patrol that I was that I was on, etc. etc. And I was like at first it got me a little bit it got me a little bit down, I'm not gonna lie, but then then I was like, oh fuck it, I've done it now. But you you're always gonna get it no matter what. Whether oh, it's yeah. a whether it's a book, a film, you know, just a little diary or something. Um yeah. when you share it, people have their own opinions, yeah. But you have to do it for yourself and try and give hope to other people. And that's why that's what what I've tried to do in my age. That's good. That's good. So your your book is that uh, like a biography or is it about the the sort of it's the, my, yeah it's about my story what happens from when i left 
the army. From that point onwards, oh, getting okay. diabetes, from doing my marathons, running, from coming yeah. off insulin, and yeah, so like I said, there's stuff in there which I can't mention until the book's released, and that's why yeah, that's it's a bit, that's fine. bit delayed at the minute because of issues like that. But it'll be worth the wait when it comes out. Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I know, I know exactly how, how you're feeling. That the sort of nerves are releasing it. I, I had a mixture of like excited and also like, oh fucking hell, what have I done here? Because <laughs> like my 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 book was basically it touched a little bit on the military stuff, but it was mainly about the journey afterwards and how I got diagnosed with with different um, mental health issues and things like that, and how I've battled my way through. Yeah. And it and it was it's funny that I find it funny now that that's what the book is about. It's about my journey through mental health issues, but yet still yeah. people tried to give me shit saying that I was making it up. Like my mm. my fucking issues. I was like, uh, you always gonna get it. What? Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I got to that point where I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Cheers for that. Yeah, <laughs> but no, you, you just have to just bypassing, you know. Do it for yourself. Get, yeah. get the message. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Have you got any sort of idea of when the book's being released? So it was supposed to have been this Monday, but because of different issues, which I'm dealing with now, yesterday was a big day. Um, it's going to be about so another two weeks. Another um, two weeks. And it'll go, yeah. uh, it'll go into two stores and then online, which is oh, awesome. and Smith's, yeah. yeah. And eventually Fucking... it'll go on to Amazon as well eventually. Oh, awesome. That's awesome. So you motherfuckers that are listening, you fucking get this book. <laughs> get it. So is it we're gonna do a big full turnaround now. So yeah. obviously you you were you're a guardsman and you did a you did your ceremonial duties. So yeah. any fucking funny stories about the palaces that you worked on? Off the top of your head? Let me try and think. Or are they was... fucking boring? <laughs> They're boring, but I used to do the, the Tower of London. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did that a few times, and there's some stories there. And it is, I mean, I'm not a fan of like, I don't believe in ghosts and stuff like that. But yeah. when you sleep two nights, you do hear some stuff. And I, to be honest, I thought I saw, saw some stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, and so the lads. But yeah, you've got to go. You've been there, have you? I, I've been there, yeah. I, ne- I, I never went on to uh, 63, so I never did any of the ceremonial stuff. But yeah, yeah, I've been I've been around there. Is it? It's an eerie place. I think it is anyway. Really, at night time, you, if you're on your own, well, not on your own, but if it's quiet and you're with a few, just a couple of lads, walk around. I mean, we did it on guard anyway. But yeah, yeah you do. You hear some stuff, and it's it makes you think. You know, yeah. I'm not reading that sort of stuff, but yeah, yeah, I'm not. Change, I'm change not. It. <laughs> there's a, there's a couple of uh, security officers that work under me um, on, on my site. So my site used to be RAF Westmoreland back in world war two and um every not every morning when i come on to shift they come up to me and they go the lights come on again in the control tower and i'm like they're on a sensor aren't they and they went exactly there's no <laughs> one there's no one in there and i was like it's probably a spider or something but they're like nah every night it comes on same sort of time and i went well if it's during a night shift i went they were probably getting bombed at that point so they that's probably why it's come on <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's definitely haunted, fellas. It's definitely haunted. <laughs> Crazy, but yeah. well, we had some good times as well. And like, you probably did the battlefield tours. You did, yeah, did, yeah. Did, yeah. So, like, you know, young lads, you go out drinking. You had some stories there. You know, we went out a couple of times in 
Bruges in Belgium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the beer there is obviously it's stronger. You know, you think you think Stella's strong or something else. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Over there, you're talking seven, eight percent. <laughs> and yeah, a lot of us, you know, we was on we was on that. We all was pissed up. We was about five miles from the camp we're staying in. Yeah. So we all, so we we couldn't get back. We're talking like midnight. And we had to be back for the morning to do the. Uh, we had to do a parade in Bruges. Oh, um, so yeah. If there's four of us, we robbed four bikes, push bikes. <laughs> <laughs> pissed up. It was all pissed up going down this country road in the middle of bloody Belgium. Don't know how we got back. Fucking got to be done. It's got to be done. But we, we got back in one piece. Don't know how. I don't, remember, don't even remember cycling back. But we just woke up. There's four bikes outside our camp. That's, that was our transport, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> it was, well, it was either fucking nick a bike or tab back, wasn't it? So I know exactly what, I know exactly what I'd do. I'm pretty sure we went out in Cambridge and nicked a load of bikes on a night yeah. out. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's got to be done. <laughs> fucking hell. Fucking got to be done. There's something... I've got to restore. I've been... There's a couple of stories, but I can't really remember the full details. But it's a good time in the, in the forces, you know. Yeah, especially I think when you're younger, like 18, 19, you got, you know, you got money. You know, you're, you're going to spend it. And you're going to go out on the piss. You're going to yeah, exactly like all in the future. You know, it's it's what it's about. The most functioning alcoholics ever. I think the quote yeah. is. It's fine. Yeah, it was yeah. a, it was a fucking great time. It was a great time. Um, the alcoholics going, weren't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was fucking brilliant. Like I remember, just, like you'd just be monging it in your room or whatever, and you get a knock on the door, and it'd be like, "Fancy going out?" Yeah, go on in. It's a Wednesday and you end up in a fucking nightclub <laughs> singing karaoke or something. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, we, we, we you go out of a tenner or a five and you come back steaming with two quid on you. <laughs> two quid yeah. yeah, it's like, I don't know how I did this, but it was fucking brilliant. <laughs> so where would you be based the longest? Uh, I was at RAF Honington. Um, and I basically did all my all my time with, with the same squadron. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you, didn't, you didn't really move around that much. Ah, so, so when we when we first got to to fifteen, it yeah. had just been reformed from a rapier squadron, so that it was pretty much empty. So, yeah. the, the majority of uh, my training flight went to the same squadron instead of getting dotted about. Yeah, and then well, we we were supposed to do according to <laughs> according to. Whoever the big wigs, you're supposed to do fucking two and a half years and then get posted to another uh, field squadron or go or go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that never happened. Like no. <laughs> no, no, you'd put in your preferences and you go and your preferences are in. You're staying. Oh, thought so. Like there was a few yeah. like Scottish lads that wanted to go up to Lossy Mouth, and there was a few other lads, Northern lads that wanted to go up to fucking Lincoln and things like that, and it was like, no, nah, you're staying here. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, playing, it? it's mad it's mad and then if you if you've got a like a, a decent skill like mortarman or fucking uh, machine gunners and myself I, I was a i was a fucking comms nerd like yeah. they, they definitely won't let you go then because you've got a skill that they need like yeah. i apply i applied to go to um tac, uh yeah 16 air assault tac p to become a, a forward air controller yeah that's yeah that got squashed mm-hmm. and I was like, fucking hell, can I, can I go to the wing and fucking join the fucking air signalers that they've got there and become part of the air group? No. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. It's like every turn, 
it was yeah. no, that's not happening. At one point, yeah. I even went completely mad and was like, "I'm going to go uh, SFSG and then maybe fucking SF." And they were like, yeah. "Well, you got to volunteer for that." I went, "Yeah, I am." Well, you're not going. It's like, what? You can't stop me. <laughs> and then, and then I just got, and then I fell out of love with it, and my missus started having a few issues, and then it was, yeah, time to time to hang up the uh, hang up the boots. Yeah, that's that. I was, I would, I would have stayed in. You know, I would have done twenty two at least. Well, that's the maximum you can do anyway. But eight years I did. Yeah, um, but I like to be involved now and do what I can and help. Yeah. Yeah. From what I've seen, mate, you, you're doing fucking wonders. You're doing wonders. Yeah, so it's just returning the favour, you know, and try and have that connection, you know, with with the lads and stuff. Um, I'm down London a lot, you know, most most weeks. Not not every week, but every sort of two or three. Two, three. I do a bit down there uh, with the Legion and stuff. Oh, cool. um, yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet. Well, Dan, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. The time is about to run out. I've just noticed, and it will cut me off in a second, and I hate that. But mate, it's, it's been it's been a, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on. And um, we'll have to get a part two in when the book's released. And definitely, yeah, I'll keep posted anyway on social media. Yeah. And there we go. A massive thank you to Dan Darkers for taking the time out of his day to to chat to me on um on here. It's been great. It's been great. And um, the response I've had from the last few episodes that I've had on the podcast has been breathtaking, really. It's been really positive and and really makes me feel fucking that it's worthwhile. I've had a, a few moments, a few times where I've sort of felt mm, can't get the guests, I can't do this, I might I might quit. But I haven't, and I'm not going to. I'm enjoying it. I still enjoy it. And and each guest has been brilliant. Um just so you know, you can find Dan on Instagram at Dan underscore underscore darkers. And yeah, get all the information to come out on his book. And uh yeah, make sure you follow him and make sure you follow, like, and subscribe this podcast. Yeah. You've been told, so just fucking get on and do it. Get amongst it. It's it's what we want to do. It's what we need. It's what we need. But coming up in the next few weeks, my troopies. Obviously, we've got a few more episodes yet to record before we close up for the Christmas festivities. But we've also got guests of the year coming up. The front runners at the mo- well, the front runner at the moment is big that big dave radband big dave you know he is storming it through with views likes um listens etc so you know check out you know all the granite zero places where you can listen here you know watch and and listen and watch and subscribe and share and love Spread the love. Why not? Um, but yeah, guys, um, thanks again for listening. And uh, it's been a fantastic year again, full of brand new guests, full of old guests. And uh, we're going to keep pushing. So cheers, fellas. Cheers, troopers. Cheers, dudes. I'll check you out soon. I'm Tomo and I'm out. Hello. You're at the adverts. So don't turn off. Don't turn off because I've got some good stuff for you. First up, I'm going to talk about our sponsors.
Kent CBD is our first sponsor. Now, CBD oil, as you know, has tremendous benefits, especially within mental health and physical health. Personally, I use it to help with my anxiety and my depression, but not only that, I also use it to help with the aches and pains of life in my joints, especially my ankles and my knees. Um, but yeah, without CBD oil, I would have still been on my antidepressant tablets, which I'm no longer on. So, you know, every cloud. And um, what we're going to do here at Granite Zero is we're going to give you 10% off everything from oil, muscle rub, jellies, bath salts, the lot. Yeah? Make sure you get in there. www.kentcbd.org. Put in the promo code Granite Zero and get yourself 10% off. You are welcome. But also, if you're like me and you love a nice cup of coffee, now, for me, I only drink one coffee, and that's Green Beret coffee. Now, I don't only drink it because it's out of this world fucking coffee, roast to order, grinded to whatever specific grind you want, but not only that, it's veteran-owned and veteran-run, which, you know, hits me right in the feels. So make sure you check it out, Green Beret Coffee. Get yourself a nice cup of coffee. I drink it dark, just like my soul. Incredible stuff, incredible stuff. And what I'm going to give for you, I'm going to give you 10% off. So once you get to the checkout, once you've got all your coffee, your products, your apparel, whatever you need, get to the checkout and put in the promo code GZPODCAST10 and get yourself 10% off, courtesy of the Granite Zero Podcast. You are welcome. Now, that's enough of me talking about this stuff. Back to the regular scheduled show. Check it out!